Welcome to The Reconnected Mama, the non-parenting podcast for moms about moms. I'm your host, Megan O'Brien, a Midwest mom of three boys obsessed with living my best life and helping you do the same. After discovering that so many conversations for moms centered around parenting, family, career, or homemaking, I'm bringing you a different conversation, one that focuses on you because putting yourself first, mama, is not selfish. Together, we'll work on leaning into your inner voice to create clarity and action around living a fulfilled life, ditching mom guilt for good, and being the best version of yourself in both motherhood and life. Welcome back to The Reconnected Mama. I am so happy to have on a recent I will call friend Kelsey Smith of mama has goals. And we've really just had a chance recently to get to know each other better. And what's so fun is that we are on a similar mission to help moms, which just goes to show that this conversation is absolutely needed. And the more we can have it, the better. And I absolutely love what she's creating. And I know you'll fall in love with her just as I have. So welcome to the reconnected mama, Kelsey. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. Like you said, so fun to be fast friends on the same mission. So many similarities, boy moms, and really just have the same heart of what we're trying to achieve and be able to connect again virtually because we're far away from each other, but it still feels great. Yes, absolutely. So for anyone who doesn't know, we did a podcast on Kelsey's podcast, um, mama has goals. So I'll link it, make sure to check that out. Cause that was also a fun conversation. And we're going to talk about different things today and hear more of Kelsey's story and what her mission is. But I also want to highlight that if you are putting something out into the world or you have an idea or you want to do something, don't shy away from the people that are on a similar mission, have a like mindset, have a similar community, whatever it is. I think there's real power in being able to come together and do it alongside each other. And just really, it helps elevate everyone involved. And you can never have these conversations or you can never have enough people doing whatever it is that you want to do. And it's just all about community. It's all about collaboration. And I never view it as, we're in competition with each other. I'm never in competition with another mom because we have enough to deal with. We don't need to compete with one another. So with that, we, I would love to dive right into Kelsey's story. So Kelsey, why don't you kind of take us back to where this journey started for you, where you were, you know, pre-kids, what your life looked like then, and then kind of bring us up to speed to where you are today and all that's transpired kind of in that. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I do want to touch on what you said really quick before I jump into that, because before I started my business, that would trip me up so much. I'd be like, well, that person's already doing that. Or what if they feel like I'm copying them or anything like that? And you truly know in your heart, if you're just looking to deliver a mission and if someone's doing something similar, I actually just saw a quote the other day and it said, if any, if you ever think your business idea or what you want to do isn't unique enough, go walk down the bread aisle. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was such a good analogy because everyone has like a little bit of a difference in how they show up. We're all different people. So people are going to connect with us differently. So if it's on your heart to do something and you just think like, oh, she's already doing it. Like I always say, let's do it together. You're going to do it differently. So I just want anyone to hear that that needs to hear that. Um, But my story, let's see. So going back, 
you know, I really start it usually when I had kids, but you said before that, so we'll start it a little before that. So, um, I grew up, um, primarily in Northern California, moved around for four different high schools, ended back up in California for college, um, worked my way through college with three jobs. So I was very used to having like 10 cents in my bank account and busting my butt actually really started dating my husband. We were really good friends. Um, and one day I couldn't pay for gas to get to school. And he was like, don't you have class right now? And I was like, yeah, but I can't take my car. I had, um, inherited my family's Tahoe. So it was a gas guzzler. California gas prices were high then too. And he was like, let me go check your car. Took my keys, went out, filled it up with gas, came back and was like, go to school. And that was one of the pivotal moments where I was like, man, I really need to focus on just showing up in different ways. I was really going through the motions in that season of just, okay, get to get to school enough to get a degree and just pay your bills and um, make friends along the way. <laughs> and while that served me in that season, it was one of those pivotal moments where I was like, oh my gosh, this person like cares about me and like who I am outside of just a pretty girl in short dresses to be able to really show up and care about what my future looked like. So I um, took that. We stayed friends for a little bit, ended up dating, um, followed all the direction that I gave the opposite to my friends, moved in really quickly together. My parents hadn't met him, then followed him up to Napa, California, um, where he was from, finished my degree here. So my degree is in business and marketing. And, um, in the Napa, California, the primary industry is the wine industry. And so I jumped into marketing for the wine industry and was really excited to get into that industry. It was something that I was really passionate about. And I started while I was still in school doing concierge work and kind of that typical administrative up to the point that I had my first son, I had tripled my salary within my job working more towards, um, technology and marketing and e-commerce. So I had a lot of fun with it. It can sound really complicated to other people. But the reason that that piece is important, I think, is because sometimes we can look at the position that we're in and think that we can't get to where we want to go. And it doesn't always mean that you have to leave your job. It doesn't always mean you have to start a business. You can do those other things. So I had a lot of love for where I worked in the industry that I was in. After my first son was born, I had complications that I didn't actually figure out how bad they were until a year later. So I had surgery, one planned, and then I had a follow-up surgery from a um, experience of passing out from blood loss in the ER. Basically, some of my stitches had come loose, and it was more traumatic, I think, for everyone else than me because I was uh, passed out. And um, from that, I really woke up hearing what had happened and sitting with that and wondering if I hadn't made it through that, what story would I have left behind? So giving you that backstory, I had a really beautiful life. I had a beautiful home. I had accomplished great things coming from that person that had 10 cents in their bank account. We have a vineyard property now. I had a beautiful family, great job. Nothing on paper was bad. And I wasn't unhappy. But when I woke up and I really sat with that question of what would I leave behind? I was like, I would just be a bunch of check boxes. Like I got that done. I accomplished that. My kids would have no idea who I really was and what I stood for beyond those accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And so I jumped into a year of really self-discovery. Like, what would I want to be known for? What do I want to stand for? And through that experience, I found all these amazing business owners, people helping women just like you. 
And I really wanted to create a platform that brought all of those women together so that the mom that's sitting in the recliner in the middle of the night, struggling on her phone or has tried to figure out how to communicate with their teen daughter or just became a empty nester can go to this platform and find the resource that they need. And so Mama Has Goals was born and now we've evolved into a phone app, in-person events, virtual events, and a podcast as well. I love that so much. And thank you for sharing that. And that's the reason why I ask women where they were before they had kids. Cause I think that is so powerful and that really ties into the transition as we go into motherhood and as we evolve and what a powerful question to ask yourself, you know, just knowing enough to ask yourself that question, what would I leave behind? And then being able to really dive into that and figure that out for yourself. Because I think so often that's kind of where a lot of us miss the mark or a lot of women, they don't even know where to start, but it's just could be asking that one powerful question or that one, just that one takeaway of, well, okay, well, what does this all mean? Or what is this all for? And do you ever ask yourself or think about if, if you hadn't asked that question in that moment, how things would have transpired or what, what life would have looked like then? Yeah. You know, I do. And I think, especially because I wasn't unhappy per se, like Mm -hmm. I was literally in the hospital bed texting my boss, like, Hey, I'm not gonna be able to make the meeting today. And I look back and think about that, like how, like, blind was I to like how I was operating as a human. And I know so many people talk about this, but sometimes you truly need to be like knocked out to have perspective of like where you're currently at in life. Mm -hmm. And, um, I do think about, okay, if I hadn't done that and I had just gone along in that job, like I still consulted for the, I still consult for that job about two hours a week. Um, but you know, I wouldn't have been fulfilled. I wouldn't have been happy. I would have really lost these last two years of really finding what that is for me. And those two years probably wouldn't have felt that different. But I think about the 15 years from now, where if I had stayed on that same path for 15 years, how would I have felt in 15 years, not really pursuing what was on my heart in any way, whether that's like, you know, getting your nails done weekly or starting a business or going to target every day, whatever you want to do, but allowing yourself to really question like what makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you point that out. And I want to dive in there a little deeper with you because I know for, for me and my community, I get this a lot. And it's a lot of women who say, well, my life is good. You know, I don't have Mm. any complaints. It's comfortable where I'm at right now. And it's that fear of, wanting more or feeling guilty because everything is good. Your kids are healthy. You're healthy. Your family's healthy. You know, you have a good paying job. You can pay your mortgage. You can take trips, whatever that looks like, right? You're comfortable. You're living a good life, but there's that feeling of, well, I feel guilty because there's so many other women struggling or so many other women wanting things that I have that can't have those things or whatever it is. And so I feel bad for even wanting more. Like it's selfish of me to want more because I have everything that I, I dreamt about maybe a few years ago. So can you speak to that women who are feeling that way and you know, how we can kind of move past that and, and get through that? Yeah, definitely. I think that's such a common feeling in all sorts of people. I know my husband's felt similarly. We've talked about that. I definitely felt that. And even just, um, you know, suicide has unfortunately affected my family recently. And if you're familiar with Twitch that was in um, the news, 
so often people can have it really great, but if we don't pause and think about, okay, why do I maybe feel like I want more and what can I do about it? I think it's really important for us to have those conversations and more vulnerably talk about, hey, you know, this is good, but this is what I wish was better. And can anyone help me do that? So for me, you know, I would literally stand in my living room and look around and sit on the floor and scroll on my phone and be like, why, what is it that I feel like I'm missing? And I've, you know, feel like I felt in that moment. And I've heard from others, will I ever be happy? Cause what if it doesn't exist? Mm-hmm. And I can promise you it does. It's all a journey though, not a destination. Like you're not racing towards one destination. I think that's something that is really important to understand. Like It's about many milestones along the way, not getting to one place and being like, okay, everything's perfect. Like we are evolving and growing constantly. So your desires are going to evolve and grow constantly. And so that can feel bad sometimes because you feel like you're constantly chasing this unreachable goal. But Mm -hmm. I think if you can change your mindset and think about it and be like, wow, I have achieved that. Now I've grown and now I desire more. What is next for me allows you to stay excited with it. And so my kind of affirmation during that season and that time was gratitude doesn't negate desire. And so every day I would practice gratitude. I'd be like, I'm so grateful for this. I'm so proud of myself for this. And I desire this. And so those were really the three things that I would just focus on daily. If you are a journaling person, you can journal on that. If you're not, I just recommend sitting with it in your mind. Um, I know it's hard to get silent moments as a mom, but I would maybe wake up a little bit earlier or I would sit in the car or I would walk outside any five minutes that you can find in the day and just sit there and be like, okay, I'm grateful for this. I'm proud of myself for this, but I also desire this. And that is really what helped me through that season of just kind of preaching that to myself consistently and talking about it more. Like we sometimes have these silent desires and wants that none of our friends or family know. And because of that situation in the hospital, I was like, I can't do that anymore. Like I have to have people know what is on my mind and my heart. And even if they don't understand or they don't, love what it is, I have to speak it for like my own peace and my own truth. So, and if you don't have the people in your circle to do that, like talk to Megan, talk to me, their people exist, but you might not feel like it so far. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such a, a good point is that when you keep it all inside, it's hard to kind of navigate those thoughts. And I love the points that you brought up, the journaling points and the questions to ask yourself, because I think that's so true. It's just, you have to continuously ask yourself those questions. But then, like you said, to also speaking it out loud, finding people that you can share those desires with, you can share those thoughts with who are going to, I think, nurture it as well. Cause I think it's, also very important who you're sharing these with. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that's something that you're also really, really big on as well. Um, so what happens if you are one of the most ambitious people in your life and you have no one else to help you grow, maybe someone is asking themselves those questions and, and they're looking to take those next steps towards the things that they desire. How do you, you know, besides reaching out to maybe someone like us, how do you cultivate kind of a group of women or a community or something where you feel comfortable in sharing these thoughts and you know that they're safe? Yeah. So first I think that there's like two different types of people and ambition that you may experience in your life. And so some people may have ambitious people in their life. I had a lot of 
successful people in our friends and family. They had, you know, started businesses, done well for themselves, but they were all very different than what I was trying to achieve and very different industries, different ways of operating, didn't have like the network and community that I was looking for, even outside of business, just like Mm -hmm. the type of conversations that I wanted to have and the women that I wanted to connect with and the conversations I didn't want to have. That was really big for me in that season is people were talking about things that I just didn't want to talk about. Um, Whether it was like what was going on in the news, the world, like I didn't want our lives revolving around those conversations of everyone else was having, I wanted to talk Mm -hmm. about what I wanted to do and where we were going to go. So while I had quote unquote, ambitious people that I was connected with, they weren't my version of ambition. Right. So I think it's okay to just like acknowledge that and be like, Hey, you know, you guys have done great things. That's amazing. You're not exactly what I need to move forward in this part of my life. So I spent a ton of time just searching social media and people talk about social media is bad. Get off the phone. I think social media is a tool and it's all about how you use it. Mm-hmm. And so I just got really, I got a new social media account, didn't pay attention to anyone that I was like following before and just got really curious about like finding people, searching hashtags, doing what I could do. And every person I've met along my journey results back to someone that I found randomly on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, one person has connected with me in person that I mean, that's not true. I've connected with like you through events and things like that. But when I think about the biggest pivotal like moments in my journey so far, they're all randomly connected from like a DM on social media. So allow yourself to use it as like a tool to find your people. But also if you're already listening to this podcast, you're already here. But what I noticed for the women in my community, and this may be the same for the Reconnected Mama community, is you're silently listening and you're waiting for the opportunity for someone to grab you and pull you along where really you need to raise your hand and say, Hey, I heard this on the podcast. Can you support me in this way? And that's the opportunity for you to show up for yourself. So biggest thing is showing up for yourself, doing some research, but before either of those things get really clear on like the type of person you would want to connect with. You don't have to get like super woo if that's not you and like be like, oh, I'm going to find this person. I'm going to manifest this person into my life. You can do that too, but just start with like, okay, here's the area of my life. I feel like I need help. Like I need to learn how to organize my pantry. I need to learn how to like have better time management. I need to learn how to start a business. I need to learn how to just like talk nicely to myself every day, or I need help with parenting. Like what is the thing that is like the biggest stressor in your life currently? And then find one person specific to that, because it can be way less overwhelming to find someone that is focusing on something than just like, where are all my people? And then they just kind of come together after that. But don't like put out your light or your fire because you haven't found like your igniter fluid within your current circle. Allow your circle to grow and then you'll find the people that pull you up and push you to where you want to go. And you'll think that you were ambitious or that you had this calling on your heart. And then you'll find these people. You'll be like, oh man, I got to step up. I I found these expanders and they're even more ambitious and making bigger moves than I even knew was possible for me. And you'll just like blow yourself away. Yes. Yes. Okay. Two points I want to highlight on what you just said that I want to underline circle, put a highlighter through mamas. You need to listen one. You need to get rid of the conversations you no longer want to have. I am 100% 
with you on that, Kelsey. Like I don't talk politics. I don't talk about news stories. My husband always wants to have these conversations. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I have other priorities. You really have to be a ninja with your boundaries. I think even when it comes to those conversations, you know, if you go out with girlfriends and they want to gossip or, you know, talk about other people or whatever it is, you know, and it's not, it doesn't have to be negative, but you also have to understand that if you're wanting to grow, if you're wanting to take the next step, you have to take those actions that are aligned with that. And that means also limiting maybe access to those conversations, those people, whatever that might be. You don't have to cut them out completely, but again, you know, what you're saying is find those like-minded people and really try to spend more time with them. And then that goes into the point that you had made also that I'm like, yes, yes, you cannot sit back and wait for it to happen. You cannot wait for them to knock on your door and say, Hey, you want to be our friend? Come along with us. (laughs) Um, You have to go and make it happen. You have to 100% be responsible for your life and the direction you want it to go. And that starts with you. That starts with going out and finding the people that you want to surround yourself with that are doing the things you're doing or are similar on their journey. And you're like, Hey, like, can we connect? Can we do this together? How can we be friends? And that is, that's absolutely the truth is you can't sit back and wait for it to happen because it's not going to just show up and be delivered in the mail for you. You have to go and find it and create it for yourself. So I'm really glad that you brought up those points because I think those are crucial in that development and that growth. Yeah. And I think when you go to find those people, let's say you find someone and then something happens. They're not a good fit. It didn't work out. Don't get discouraged. Like how many people are there in the world? I can't even tell you, but a lot. And (laughs) allow yourself to continue to keep going and keep finding new people because just like if you go and try on clothes, like the first shirt you try on might not be the one that's perfect for your date night or whatever you have mm-hmm. going on, but you're going to keep looking until you find the right one. And you know, there's a shirt out there that's going to look good and it's going to be the one that you want. It's the same thing with finding the people that connect with you and expand with you is mm-hmm. you can't get discouraged if you don't find someone. I think you will like come back to intentionality for both parties. Like what is your intention going into that relationship and that friendship? And then Mm -hmm. just like feel out their intention and make sure it's a good fit, but don't allow yourself to get discouraged. There's so many people and there's so many people that want to connect with you. And you literally have two right here. All you have to do is send a message. Yes. Yes. I always say, I'm like, I'll be your best friend. Just message me. (laughs) No judgment here. I am anybody's best friend. I love that. I think that's such a good point to make. Um, it, you know, don't, don't anticipate that the first person that you meet or reach out to, or have a conversation with is going to be your next best friend, but maybe they'll lead you to somebody. Maybe they'll introduce you to somebody who, you know, is going to become closer or going to help you a little bit more on your journey. And, and that's such a good point. It's like trying to enclose you. You have to continue to make those acquaintances, those relationships, develop those connections, and then see where it goes from there. Yeah. Um, such a good point. So one other aspect that I know you love to talk about that I also love to talk about, but would love to hear your take on it as well is, you know, as mamas, as, um, women who are trying to pursue, you know, side hustles or, um, businesses or grow in their corporate careers or whatever it is, um, be more ambitious and, and create the life that they want. What happens 
when you start to feel overwhelmed with the commitments and responsibilities in your life. Because I know typically for a lot of women, uh, we can become essentially what they call, I think they start, they've started referring to it as the default parent, where you just naturally take on all of those responsibilities of the kids, the family, besides anything you're doing outside of that. And I know for me, like I get overwhelmed and I completely shut down. I'm like, oh, it's too much. I'm going to go sit and watch Netflix, or I'm just not going to do anything at all because I don't even know where to start. And that can be a consistent feeling if you don't know how to navigate it and really kind of work through that. So what do you do? Or what do you say when women are starting to feel just kind of overcome with those responsibilities, feeling overwhelmed and all the things they're trying to, trying to take these steps to grow themselves and maybe, um, lean more into their desires. Like how do we, how do we do it all? Yeah. So the first thing I would do is what I call a life audit. And that's not like a proprietary term. You may have heard it before, but I really recommend just sitting and like taking some time. You have to find time to work on yourself to get out of where you are. That's like the first step. So you have to be really real with yourself, really honest with yourself and sit and say like, okay, this week I have to find 30 minutes to do that life audit. Kelsey was talking about where can I find 30 minutes this week? to make sure that I can sit down undistracted and do that. So I would recommend doing that and really just going through your month schedule, your week. There's different ways you can review and look at your life when you're in complete overwhelm. Even doing that feels really difficult. So one of my favorite things to do is pull up my phone and look at my camera roll and go back to like the last month. I do this at the end of the year to look at the year. You can really pick whatever timeframe you want to do. And just be really aware as you look at pictures, like what lit you up? What are the things that like make you smile when you look at the things that you take pictures of? The average mom takes way too many pictures throughout a week. (laughs) So this allows us to do it in a way that's less overwhelming than sitting and, in my opinion, answering a bunch of questions or evaluating, but to be able to go through and be like, oh my gosh, that was so fun when we went and did that. Or even though I took a picture when we went to the zoo that day, God, that day was such a wreck. It was chaos getting out of the house, like so-and-so had a meltdown. Like we know the stories behind the pictures that we're seeing, not just the picture on the other end of it. And that allows you to evaluate like, okay, even though that was chaos, we still had a good day or that was chaos. And I don't want to do it that way again. And it's because maybe this person went with us who wasn't helpful, or it's because we didn't stick to our schedule or whatever it is. You get to kind of analyze that and be like, okay, I found some patterns that every time we have this person visiting, it feels not fun. Every time we go and do something with this family, they are really fun for us to do things with. So we can find that pattern there. Or you know what? We just have way too much on our schedule. That was what, when I did this for the first time, I realized that we were just saying yes to everything. There were baby showers, bridal showers, commitments, barbecues, in-law dinners, all of the things. And I loved all the people but I needed to love them and see them a little bit less Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we were just every night, someone would be like, Hey, what are you guys doing this weekend? And we'd be like, nothing, let's do it. And then before we knew it, we had no time to just be a family or be alone with ourselves. So I think that most people are in that same boat that they're just overcommitted. And it's not actually the commitments of sports and 
swim lessons and activities, those can be, you know, a lot also, but it's then paired with these last minute commitments that we just always say yes to, because we don't want to disappoint people. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to say, no, it's okay to say, Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? Thank you for the invite. But that's actually my, you know, mom only time. And I'm not going to go into that or, um, thank you for that. But that's actually our family dinner day. And we don't make commitments or schedules on that day. And you'll know when you want to make an exception, but just be like really clear with yourself that you're not just saying yes to everything because that happens so often and it doesn't give you any mental space to not feel that burnout. That's why you feel burnout because you're saying yes all the time. So that's really what I recommend is doing that life audit for like the bigger picture things. And then when you're ready, like review a day. So I don't recommend like looking at a mom's day in the life as like, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to spend 20 minutes doing this. Then I'm going to spend five minutes doing this. And then I'm going to go over there. Life just doesn't happen that way, at least in my household. So that's great. But really think of more the buckets of your day and then evaluate going backwards. So if like at the end of the day, you're like, man, I don't even know what I accomplished today. Like Mm -hmm. it was crazy. Allow yourself to sit and be like, okay, what actually happened today? Like, and don't feel any judgment for yourself around it. Just be like, okay, well, let's see. I sat and scrolled for probably an hour after overwhelm. Um, once the kids napped or when the kids went to school, I sat in my car, you know, wasting time there. And I actually want to go back and say, it's not wasting time. Like that was mental processing time for you. And if you needed that, that's fine. But just again, be honest with yourself. So there's the bigger buckets of your scheduling, who you're spending your time with, what you're committing to, just analyzing it. Then in your day, like we have 24 hours a day. And when we break that down, I could do a full breakdown for you, but I break it down for myself all the time because I'm like, man, where does all my time go? Mm -hmm. And basically I look at, okay, if you have like 10 hours for work, um, two hours for driving, two for meal prep and eating, one and a half for working out, half hour for daily cleanup and chores, an hour to get everyone ready, and then you sleep for eight hours. That's 24 hours. And that was really fast. You don't have to remember all the numbers, but I can guarantee you that you're probably not doing one of those like for that many hours in the day. So there's all this extra time. Where does it go? And it goes to navigating life. Like that's where it goes, but being really honest with that and just seeing like, okay, it's taking me so much longer to do these tasks than I imagine. So I have to put those buffers in and I have to create some like quiet space. Then that's how we start with getting through the commitments and the burnout and finding people to light you up, like find your things throughout the week that you're like, every time I do that, I like get little, like, a hit of whatever, you know, to be able to show up and just be happier. And so for me, like that started with like co-working and goal checking calls. That's why I have one for my community. Now there's so many communities that have them because I could virtually get in a room no matter where I was each week and get supported by other women to then get off that call and feel like I could accomplish something else. And I often sit with that call on like camera off on mute and I make lunch for the kids, but I know I'm like virtually supported. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is so much power to that. So just bringing it back along, because that's a lot of information, being able to find your schedule buckets, like what feels good, who are the people that are currently in my life that bring me up and not down? And do I need to set some boundaries with timelines? And one thing to touch with activities on that is 
I remember there was a season that we had our son in swim lessons. And I was like, man, every day that we have swim lessons, it is chaos. It is not good. Why is that? Our kids are little, like one activity shouldn't be a big deal. And I started realizing that it was just the day of the week. So that day of the week was just really bad for us. And so then the next season, I put it on a different day of the week and it was so much better. So little things like that to just be like, okay, what is it about this that just like feels so not fun every time and sitting with that? Then breaking down your actual hours in the day and where you're spending your time with no judgment because you're probably wasting it somewhere, but that's okay. But just be aware of it. And then third is finding people that light you up and really you can sit with every week and kind of count on, even if it's a text message or a virtual call or a quick FaceTime, just that you know that they're going to like light you up enough to get through to the next day. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I so loved that you added um, bringing in time for that space, that quiet, because I think that's what often gets overlooked. And or missed or put on the back burner, right? Because like you said, I mean, we just, we have so many things that fill our days and it's essential to have that, you call that mental processing time. And I absolutely 100% agree with you that to think that we don't need that, um, I think we would really be putting ourselves at a loss and a detriment. And that's where, like you said, we get into the overwhelm and the burnout because we're not giving ourselves the space to detune, to mentally process, to have some quiet time. I think as moms, that's absolutely needed. I know for me, like having three kids and just the chaos of the day-to-day, you know, good chaos, not necessarily bad chaos, um, depends on the day, Yeah. but, um, (laughs) um, a lot of it is like having quiet in the car. I don't listen to the radio. Sometimes I'll listen to a podcast or a book, but it really depends on, like you said, the day and knowing what you need that day and knowing what kind of space you need. And sometimes it's just sitting in the quiet when you're driving from work to daycare or drop off or whatever it is and essential to allowing that in. And then doing the life audit. I love how you put doing it through the pictures. I never thought to do it that way. Um, but that's such a good idea of looking at what, when you look at the pictures, like, how does it make you feel? It does it feel mm-hmm. good. Or you're like, eh, okay, that wasn't like you said, such a good day. And something I've been asking myself recently too, is how can I make this simple? Because yeah. I think things can become so hard and so involved and just so, there's so many moving parts all the time, especially as your kids are growing and evolving as well. And they're in school and activities or swim lessons, or you're doing things with friends or whatever that looks like. But I think when you just really start to simplify things, and I know that's really helped me as well. Like, how can I make this simple? How can I make it simple? Just asking yourself over and over, it doesn't have to be hard. And then also, like you said, saying no and being okay with it. And Sometimes you don't even have to have a reason. I I know for me being a, a people pleaser, I always felt like I had to have some kind of like excuse or reason as to why we couldn't do something and it had to sound really good. Um, but I'm just like, now I just say no. And, or, you know, that doesn't work for us. And then that's it and leave it at that. And it could be, you need more family time. You need less on your calendar. Um, exercising that muscle, I think is really hard. Mm -hmm. to say no and protect that time with your family, because you want to be, like you said, it's with people that you love people and you enjoy doing things with. So it's, it's not necessarily things that you don't want to do or or don't bring you joy, but you also have to understand what's on the back end. Is that going to be really exhausting and more work for you in this season or in this week, even maybe it's different next week or next month. 
but just really recognizing that and being okay with that. I think that's huge. Yeah. And I think it's really just getting in the habit of asking yourself questions after you do everything, whether it's the end of the day or each time that you get together, be like, okay, did we have fun that? that day, you know, my husband and I still do this. We'll go hang out with new people or we'll go hang out with old friends and we'll be like, what about today was good. And what do we maybe want to do differently next time? And, um, bringing it back to like the conversations that you've had, there's something wrong with having, you know, conversations that aren't the best conversations all the Mm -hmm. time. But we talk about that now when we leave like a setting, we're like, okay, do we, are we proud of like how we showed up? Like, are we proud? Were we authentic? Were we real? But we were, we also like putting our best foot forward in that authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like putting on like a, a fake persona, but really allowing yourself to be like, okay, am I proud of how I showed up? And then just like questioning ourselves with that, because we all have those friends that maybe bring a different side out of us. And sometimes that's a good side. And sometimes that's not our best side. So allowing yourself to just be real with that and just question what that is for you, but also bringing it back to that mental space. Like I am such a like fast running person and my brain is constantly going and many women resonate with that because like you said, that's kind of a maternal instinct in some ways, but some of us do it on, uh, you know, energizer bunny steroids. And so I operate that way. And I love that about me, but I didn't prioritize mental space for Mm -hmm. so long. And now I know how important it is and how much more efficient and happy I am when I have that mental space. So whether it is like driving in the car silently or just finding time that like, for me, it's hard to not do it while I'm habit stacking, if you will, because of that. So while I'm driving or if I'm going for a walk is a lot easier for me than just like sitting in a room and like meditating or being quiet and working on it. But that's, <laughs> but that's like how I would recommend starting. If you're like, I can't even find time for that. Like if you have little kids, like put them in a stroller and go for a walk, but don't yes. listen to anything. If you have bigger kids be like, Hey, I'm going to take you guys to the field. You guys are going to go run around. Mom's going to sit on the bench and I'm going to watch you guys run around while I sit here, you know, allowing yourself to just have some of that space where you're not on your phone, not listening to anything, because that allows you to also find these maybe answers to some of these questions we're talking about of where do you want to go and how do you create more space in your life where if you don't give yourself any time to like really sit and be quiet You'll never have solutions and you won't even be able to ask the right questions because you're just trying to get through the motions each day, which I totally get. I've been there. I'm still there at times. It doesn't go away, but I'm more aware of it now. And I'm allowed, I allow myself to catch it before it gets too far. So life's hard. Like I'll never pretend like I wake up every day. It was just like this perfectly beautiful, organized life for like a long period of time. I might crush one day and the next day is chaos, but, (laughs) but allow yourself to just be more aware of it and find the things that you need to light yourself up. Yes. 100%. I, like you said, highlighting again, that analysis part and just developing that as a habit, um, and just analyzing what worked, what, what didn't work, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. Like you said, even just switching the day of the week, maybe that you're doing something and knowing enough to look at that and say, well, it's not swim lessons. It's not my kid. Um, it's that day of the week that's not working. And again, analyzing all those different parts and implementing them in a way that that feels good, that you said habit stacking where you're doing them together. Cause I think that's life now as, as a mom, we're constantly habit stacking. Cause I don't know about you, but free time is very few and far between. Um, 
in, in learning to do these things together, I think is essential yeah. too. And that kind of leads me into, I know we were talking about this a little bit before we pushed record on this podcast, but you and your husband are just, you're busy. You have a lot of things going on. You said your husband's an entrepreneur and, um, has two businesses that you guys run, and then you have the business you're creating, and then you have two little ones. So can you provide any tips or I guess, um, habits or actions that work for you guys? Like, how do you manage your time with your kids at home and doing the things that you're doing and being able to be productive and successful in those components as well? Yeah. Um, well, everything's a season to start, right? So like this evolves every year, if not month and day and week for us in different Mm -hmm. ways. But, um, when I think back to like, really, when I feel like we first started this, it was after that surgery, that same like pivotal moment where I was like, okay, well, if I want to do anything else, like first I can need to get our life under control. We joke that at that time we had like two junk rooms. Like we were not hoarders by any means, but we (laughs) definitely had like, just, we'd been together for a long time. I grew up with, um, you know, a lot of importance on keeping things from family, um, things being hand me down. I have like three sets of China with my name on it from like all my family members that I'm just like, where do I put all of this? So that, and then also just me not having a lot of money in college, like in, I would keep clothes and I'd be like, that's worth something. I can sell it. So we just had kept gathering these things that we had and they were organized and in boxes, but we didn't have like really any storage. And then also we're just busy. So it took us a while to take time to really clean up and put things away. Mm -hmm. And so we noticed that we just really needed to get organized and you know, that's when like the home edit came out and it was like really popular. And of course, like I love having a clean, organized house. I love it, but it's not like a skill set of mine. It's not something that I'm just like, oh, every day, like I'm so organized about putting things away, but I got really clear with how it made me feel when it, my house did feel that way. And so I would focus on like one small thing at a time. So for me, it started with my physical space as I just realized we could not operate to our best ability if our physical space was going to continue operating the way it was. Mm -hmm. And we still have moments that we clean things up. Like we just moved back from living in an Airbnb and I went through all of our kids' toys and like re-cleaned everything up and boxed things up and just went through our pantry again. And so it's a continuous process, but even just from the standpoint yesterday, I reorganized our freezer. <laughs> like the joy that a organized freezer brings me is not something to take lightly, but being able to put that together. So same, starting, sister, same. Right? it's just <laughs> the little things to, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's like funny, but it's also serious. Like we have so many things that we're navigating every day. Like being able to open the freezer and see what you need. Like we don't put enough emphasis on like how much that can truly help like the rest of your day, rather than having to dig through the cold things, make your hands cold. Like it sounds silly, but it's real. Like it being able to just have it there. So little things like that is really where I started. It was just like, okay, how can I get our physical space better? So I would recommend that for you. I'm not like a decluttering or organization expert, but that's really just sitting with like, okay, what are the things that bring me the most stress. And de- I know decluttering like experts, they'll tell you to start like in the kitchen or like your nightstand. Cause that's mm-hmm. where you, you end the day and where you spend a lot of your time, but just really focusing on like, how can my space make me feel better and mm-hmm. how can it make me feel freer? Then from there is really looking at your schedule and your non-negotiables and being like, okay, 
these are the things that like, I feel like have to happen one, because they're commitments. Like I have a job and I have to like commit to that. I have meetings on my calendar. What does that look like? When we first stepped into, when I first stepped into entrepreneurship in my business, my husband was already, um, an entrepreneur. We have a family construction business, and then we also have a vineyard. And so he manages those, but I had a full-time job. Um, I had just gone back to, I hadn't even gone back to work yet. I was still on maternity leave with my youngest. He was just a month old. And then my oldest, um, they're just over two years apart. So he was just over two and, you know, then I went back to work over full time. I typically averaged about 45 hours a week minimum in my job that I was in. And then I wanted to start this business. So I had to find the time and the balance. And I think people will tell you if it means enough to you, you're going to find the time. And I think there is some honesty to that, but Mm -hmm. also you have to let go sometimes with how well you're doing certain things. And I love the analogy of juggling balls and some balls are plastic and bouncy and some are glass. And so you juggle them and you know, which ones are glass you do, and you're keeping those and you're not dropping those, but no one else knows the difference. And then there's the bouncy ones that you're kind of tossing over to the side and you're like, I'll come back for you in a moment. And I'll come back for you later. And there's seasons of life where you're just trying to balance the glass balls and the glass balls might be a portion of something. So whether it's your job and you're going to balance your glass balls a little bit different in your job than the bouncy ones or the business you're looking to start or with your kids, like maybe there's, you know, a different version of how you're spending quality time together. And I'm a big advocate for like focused short-term quality time with anyone in your life rather Mm -hmm. than longer, less quality time. So your kids, in my opinion, I'm not an expert, no doctor on this, but my, your kids typically only need like 20 minutes of really focused time to feel love from you a day. And if you can sit down and I spend way more time with that than than that with my kids, don't get me wrong. But when I'm in those seasons of super busyness, that's what I come back to, to say like, okay, have I sat down for 20 minutes? And if I haven't, let's do that because then I'm sitting, I'm on their level, mine are little. So sitting and on their level, playing really focused, no phone in my hand, no TV on, no computers. And then from there, I'm like, okay, now I have to get this done today. So what are your non-negotiables in your space in your home? What are your non-negotiables in your schedule that you have to get done? Really focusing there is what we always come back to. And then we did do other things that like, I know if I wake up to my counters wiped off and my kitchen seek empty, I show up as a better human that day just is what it is. Mm -hmm. If I walk out to a messy kitchen, I just start my day differently. So that's something I try to prioritize as much as I can. And I just know with myself at this point, like, is this a day where actually doing the dishes, like I really just need to get to sleep or am I telling myself a story? Like last night I was up a little later than I would try to be. It was about midnight and the dishes were still in the sink post dinner. And I was like, you know what? realistically, this is going to take me like eight minutes and I'm going to take that eight minutes to do this because I'm going to wake up better. And I did, and it felt so good. So I think coming back to just being really honest with yourself, we are really busy people. We have a lot on our schedule, but we also know people busier than us. We know people that are doing bigger things than us and allowing ourselves to make choices with Mm -hmm. our time and get help. You don't have to do everything yourself. And so we've had seasons where we've had no help, no cleaning, no care, no anything. We were just balancing it all of ourselves and that's hard. And then we have other seasons where we are receiving care help. We maybe have someone come and help out with cleaning the house. We had 
a season where we invested in what are called factor meals. It's a business where they deliver like microwave ready meals to you. Um, because I was just in a place where cooking seven days a week for my husband and I, he's a great help, but still we just weren't in a place that that made sense. So we had those meals come, we wanted to be pretty healthy and they were a good option for that season. So allow yourself to just know everything's a season and what is that season need and then find the resources and tools to support you in that. But it's also being on the same page. Like something that I talk a lot about is a family vision statement. And if you don't want to formalize a family vision statement, that's okay. Um, Actually, when we're recording this, I have a podcast episode that released about it today on my podcast. So you can go listen to that, but it doesn't have to be an official statement, but just have conversations with your partner. There Mm -hmm. is so often that we assume that the person that we're joining hands with for life knows exactly where we're at and where we want to go. And they don't, they're typically navigating their own emotions, their own feelings, their own things. And they're going through hard times too. And allowing yourself to say, Hey, here's where we're at as a family. Here's where we want to go. What are some of the things we need to do on a daily basis or just like a seasonal basis to make sure we're on the right track. And the other thing with that is don't get so caught up in like, like mama has goals is my business. I'm all for goals, but the reason I actually like to re-identify what a goal is, is because it's not just like a checkbox that you're checking. It's really this idea of constantly wanting to improve, but there's no timeline per se. And so if your goal as a family is to buy a house or to start a business or anything like that, what happens if it takes 10 years? What happens if it takes five? What happens if it takes one? Because there's typically positives and negatives on both timelines. And then you get to sit with that and say, okay, this is something that we have as a vision or a goal or something we're looking to achieve as a family. And it doesn't have to be a materialistic item like a house. It can really just be like, we want to spend more time together. That was one of our goals for a season of life was how do we get our kids out of care so much? Like they're in daycare so often, we don't get home until seven o'clock. What can we do? And we would take small daily steps towards that. Maybe it's just being able to go on a family vacation. So think about those steps and being busy, whether it's entrepreneurship and multiple businesses or anything like that, um, that navigates our life. It really just comes back to your non-negotiables, how you're spending your time and what your vision is. And just checking in and making sure that you haven't changed your mind. Just because you've started a business or you're in a career that you've been in forever doesn't mean you have to stay there. So if you decide that you want to leave your accounting firm or you want to no longer be a doctor or dentist, just because you went to a bunch of school and you have a bunch of loans or just because you started a business doesn't mean you can't change your mind. Like your life is more important and precious than that. So just allow yourself to check in with that too. So, so good. Absolutely. You have the decision at any time to change your mind and that's totally okay. And I 100% agree with the seasons of life and knowing what season you're in and, and looking at what's working for that. So you shared some really, really good tangible tips. I would suggest for anybody listening, go back, replay that, listen again. And I could not agree with with anything more like all of it. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep. The space, everything. So, so good. I think the only like tangible, the other tangible thing that I just realized I left out. Cause I just get so passionate about it is, um, <laughs> is that we always, I try every week to do like a Sunday setup is what I call it. And so mm-hmm. each week I do like a brain dump of like everything that's in my brain. 
And then I just review my weekly schedule and what needs to happen for that. And I do, and then I review it on my own, but then I show it and talk about it with my husband. So that way he's aware of like what I have going on. And yes, we have shared calendars and yes, we have other things, but I don't want to put that importance. We were actually talking about that before we pushed Mm -hmm. record, but it's not up to anyone else to review my calendar except for me. And it's not my job to review anyone else's calendar. So I do allow us to have that like 10 minutes where I go through a brain dump, put everything in my brain out, even if it's something that like doesn't have to happen for a year, but it's like taking up brain space. And then anything that has to happen the week, I prioritize. And then on a daily basis, I try to set three priorities for myself, for my life. And that's it. I have three goals a day. One is personally, one is professionally, and one is as a family. So while my business and my job have way more things on the to-do list than that one priority, I allow myself to measure success each day for one personal goal, one professional goal, and one family goal. And that is really what it comes back to for when I think about how do we balance all of the things, I look at that and anything in my life, I believe in an 80% rule. So 80% of the time I have the house clean, 80% of the time I'm hitting my three priorities, 80% of the time we're doing these things because I just don't believe that I can operate on hundred and that's an unrealistic expectation. If we have perfection in mind, we're going to fail consistently. And that's going to only lead to those net, that negative self-talk and that negative, those negative habits, because we're thinking, well, we're never accomplishing what we set out. But if if you know, in your mind going into it, okay, well, if 80% of the time I'm doing what I say I want to do, and I'm doing what's in alignment with what my goals are and what I set for myself, I know I'm on the right track and I'm making progress and I'm moving in the right direction. So such a good reminder that perfection is impossible for anybody to achieve, but knowing that you're, you're hitting that 80% of the time is such a good mark, good indicator for knowing that you're staying in consistency with what you say you, you want to do and what you say your priorities are. So I want to hear all about this amazing app that you have created for mamas. I think it is brilliant. I think it is so needed. I think it for any mama out there, I think it really encompasses anything and everything you really could need support around, or if you have questions about or anything like that. So share with us about the mama has goals app and what it's all about, how we can find it, what it includes and what, what was your kind of mindset or thought process around building that for moms? Yeah. You know, when I stepped into motherhood, what I noticed is I would spend moments at night where I was searching a Facebook group to see like, at what level fever should I be taking my kid to the ER, the doctor? And then there would be other things like, you know, um, what milestone should I be focusing at this age now? Like not being a first time mom, I don't care about those things nearly as much, but, (laughs) but in the (laughs) moment, but in the moment I was like, what should my kid be doing? What should I be doing? And then outside of motherhood, when I started trying to question those things, it started with, like I said, me trying to organize my space where I was like, what are like the best ways to organize your pantry? What are the best ways to organize these things? And then it went into me and I was like, what are some like mindset tactics and what is journaling and how can I step into these different things? How can I budget better? How can I invest better? What does that look like? And then I would hear from people that weren't moms yet. They'd be like, you know, 
I just don't really know if motherhood's for me because I have all these things that I want to focus on. And I'm not sure I can do that alongside motherhood. And as someone that's so passionate about family life, that really broke my heart. I don't think motherhood's for everyone per se, Mm -hmm. but I don't want it to be because anyone thinks they have to give up themselves. There's a different version of yourself that you become, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. give up who you are. Yes. So that really was part of it. And then the third part was hearing from friends and family that had older kids that were like, yeah, like once your kids get to a certain age, I don't feel like there's a ton of support. Like people focus so much on like the new moms and the first time moms. Mm -hmm. And then we get to these ages where we're really navigating a lot of higher emotions, even and more difficult situations. And there's not a lot of conversation about it. And then parents feeling guilty or bad because they're trying to like be a good parent and their kids maybe rebelling or showing up in a different way and they're not talking about it. So everyone's in these silos trying to navigate parent life and their own life. And um, if they've gone through serious things, like they're healing themselves alongside parenting. And I was just like, there's got to be a better way for us to all come together with all of our differences and still be like, Hey, I see you in that part of you. I'm a puzzle piece for you here. Let me help you. Or, Oh, I've been there and I can just like hold your hand. I'm not really sure. I'm just going through it with you together. And So I just envisioned this platform where you could do that. So Mama Has Goals has subgroups and pods and communities based off of season of life, interest, and home dynamic. So whether you're a single mom, adoptive and parent mom, toddler, empty nester, school-aged, you like to travel, you like to read books, you want to learn about investing and finances, anything in between, there's a little pod for you to connect with to find people having those conversations. Like we were talking about earlier. If you don't feel like people are having the conversations you want to have, I wanted to be able to create a space that you could have those. And then outside of our peer support, sometimes we need to get higher level support. And we are looking for experts and people that really focus on one area. So what I call Mama's Filing Cabinet is our resource platform where you can search by different topics and filter by category to find women just like you that are focusing on a specific area and they can support you. So you can get some free content within the app on that page. And then if you're really looking to dive deeper, you know exactly who to connect with. Because what I noticed for people in my life and myself is when they wanted support around something, not only could they not find the person, if they did find the person, there was a lot of, is this person legit? Are they mm-hmm. like a nice person? Are they going to take my money? <laughs> what yes. is this? So I do yes. a baseline vetting to make sure that one, you can already consume some of this person, people's content for free. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's a good fit on your own. And I've had a conversation with them. I know they're a real person and not a robot. And then we can put their information in the app for you to connect with them. And then the third portion of the app is the events, which our resources can put their own events on the calendar and you can dive in there. If you want to do a meetup in your local area as a member, you can put your event on the calendar. And then also um, the Mama Has Goals events, we have weekly free calls. And then we have speaker calls each month uh, where we bring in and we'll probably have an annual event again this year. We'll see if I can pull that together. We did last year and uh, have some in-person connection as well. So, so good. It really is something for everybody. And I think you really have thought of it all. And it truly is amazing. Like you said, to have a resource, one platform that you can go to, because this is also something that I've realized lately is like, how can I make this more simple? And it just seems like in this world of 
never ending resources, which is amazing. You have to go to all these different places to find these specific things that you're looking for. And as moms, we just don't have time to do that. We don't have time to do all this sifting and research. And like you said, is it credible? Is it valid? Is it real? Are these people genuine? Do they know what the heck they're talking about? Yeah. And so the fact that you've created this resource that's kind of a one-stop shop and has all of this involved, I think is, is just truly brilliant. It's truly amazing. And it's going to help so many moms in so many different seasons of life. And even as you progress as a mom, because you're no matter what, you're going to go through these changes in these seasons, whether you like it or not. And I know for me, I always want to know like the next step, right? Because yeah. I grew up with two sisters. I of course then had three boys, which I knew nothing about boys because I grew up with sisters. So I'm like, is this normal? Is this not normal? Like I need <laughs> to find somebody who's got boys. <laughs> like someone please tell me that what, what I'm experiencing is totally normal. And, um, so to be able to have resources and access to other women, other moms, real life conversations, experts, events, cause those community aspects, those in-person events are just as important. I think as the social media and connecting with people online, when you can hug somebody, when you can have a conversation or a coffee in person, it also changes the game. So I highly recommend for anyone who feels aligned with this conversation, who needs help in any of these areas, go check it out. There's going to be something for you. We will make sure to link all of Kelsey's information and mama has goals information in the show notes today so that you can find her. You can connect with her. You can get this app because it's a free app, correct? Yep, it is. Yes. Um, and so that you can make sure to be in connection with women who want to grow alongside you. And Kelsey, one last question I like to end on for our mamas out there who are in the midst of it, who are struggling, who are, you know, maybe a few steps behind where you are now. Think of where you were a few years ago. What advice would you give to that mom who, like we said in this conversation, is wanting to grow, who feels good in what they're doing, but wants more, is in the thick of it, just doesn't know how to get through it, is in that kind of survival mode? What words of wisdom would you give her now that you've kind of been through that season a little bit? Yeah. So I think the thick of it really depends on each person. Like you can be different versions of the thick of it. So I'm going to start with what I think of is the thick of the thick of it. And if you're like in the real rough, like you're not feeling good each day, you're just like, I don't even know how I'm listening to this podcast right now. Like I'm just trying to make it through the day, mm-hmm. get outside each day and shower. Those That's where I'd start. Like nothing about anything else. Wash your hair, shower, like blow dry your hair, get ready at least once a week and get outside for at least five minutes once a day. If you're just like feeling like you're in the real, real thick of it. And then if you're like, okay, things are okay. Like I am feeling like I'm not in that season, but I'm looking for a little bit more. I think the greatest place to start is like committing to listening to a podcast regularly. So, I mean, tune in to Megan and podcasting for moms, I think is so underutilized because I love to listen to podcasts while I'm folding laundry, Mm -hmm. while I'm pushing the kids in the stroller, while I'm doing dishes. Um, I know some people listen to podcasts while they're blow drying their hair. So Mm -hmm. find a way that you can do it on top of what you're doing. And don't be afraid to pause and come back. Like if you're doing school, pick up, drop off, whatever it is, like pause, come back to it. But make sure you have a pair of headphones and you can dive in in that way. 
And then third is I would come back to that life audit and finding the people that you want to have a little bit less of in your life and a little bit more of. And so if you're feeling like, okay, well, I've been listening, I've been, I'm showering, I'm getting outside. The next step is really expanding your network. And one way I like to think about that is I think you should have three groups of people in your life. The people, and I didn't come up with this. I don't know who to quote, but I heard this somewhere. And you should have the people behind you that keep you humble and grounded and remind you where you came from. You should have the people beside you that are in whatever it is that you're looking to achieve and do. And they're holding hands, walking with you. And the people above you that are saying, hey, let me show you, let me help you and pull you along. So if you don't have someone in each of those buckets, or in each of those circles, do yourself a favor. I really just like commit to yourself that you're going to find someone for each of those buckets. If you don't have people alongside of you, find the people alongside of you. If you don't have the people above you of where you want to go, commit to finding those people. And seriously, I think there's so much, I don't know if it's ego or what it is, but people will not like vulnerably put themselves out there. And I cannot emphasize enough how much you should do that. So Mm -hmm. if you are like, gosh, I hear you, but I still just like, where are these people? How do I dive in? Find someone to send a DM to. It can be Megan. It can be me. It can be anyone else on the internet that you're like, man, I just feel like I would get along with this mom. Like, I will tell you, like, the bigger the follower, they may miss your DM. It's not that they're ignoring you. Just Instagram sometimes hides messages and things like that. But if you can find someone that you think you would resonate with, be like, hey, I just love this part of what you're sharing. Can you help me figure out how to dive in on that piece? That would be for those third group of people of that you're in a different place of moving forward. That's what I would really focus on for yourself is how do you find your people to move you forward? And how do you maybe do a little bit of an audit of the things that you need a little less of in your life as well? Yes. So, so good. Thank you, Kelsey, for sharing that. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. And for all those moms out there who just fell in love with Kelsey, like (laughs) I did the first time we had a conversation, make sure to share screenshot, take Kelsey and your post, let her know what you took away from this conversation. Let her know what what helped you, what you're going to implement and just share the love because she provides so much value and so much just vulnerability, like you just said, in her experience and sharing and helping other moms along the way. So take a few minutes, make sure to let her know what you loved. And thank you so much for tuning in and Kelsey for being here today. Thanks so much for having me, Megan. I'm so grateful that you chose to spend this time with me today because I know firsthand how valuable your time is. If you're on Instagram, it would mean the world to me if you shared the episode, tagged me, and told me what you loved about today's conversation. This community was literally built for you, so I want to know what is resonating, what you want to hear more of, and what your current challenges are. If you want to connect further, head on over to thereconnectedmama.com to learn more about this community and how we can work together. Remember, Mama, you deserve to live your best life, so don't settle.